Historic Cosmic Potato Studios, welcome to That Star Trek Podcast. This is your place for detailed analysis and speculation of all things Trek. Now, on with the show. Hi folks and welcome to That Star Trek Podcast, the podcast that knows that everybody is two-dimensional. I'm your host Rick tonight and we are talking about Strange New World Season 2, Episode 7, those old scientists, uh, directed by the wonderful, magnificent, all hail Jonathan Frakes, written by uh, Catherine Lynn, Bill Walkoff, and Anitra Johnson, and aired uh, this week, remarkably, uh, after, on a surprise uh, airing on Thursday night as we record this. Uh, so that was a couple of days ago. It aired on Saturday. They're on Saturday. You're right. I have no idea what ty- what day of the week it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, what apparently happened was they showed it at San Diego Comic-Con and to get ahead of uh, people leaking information about it, it got uh, they released it on Paramount Plus and uh, many of us tuned in immediately and were very thrilled. So let's talk to our panel tonight. Across the virtual table from me, to use the phrase that we love so much, is Neek. How you doing, Neek? Riker. <laughs> and Tom? Have you noticed our references are weirdly specific? I have. Yes, I have. <laughs> and joining us for the first time in a while, in person, John. How you doing? Uh, yeah, you guys are great. But is Virginia here? <laughs> well done <laughs> no seriously is she here uh, not that I'm aware of <laughs> uh, so uh, as usual we're going to ask everybody what their uh, overall opinions were of the show and then we will dive deeper into the uh, the oh you know what I haven't even mentioned what the show is about as if everybody knows exactly what we're talking about. This is the much anticipated Strange New Worlds Lower Decks crossover where Beckett Mariner and Bradward Boimler end up on Pike's Enterprise through a series of hijinks and hilarity ensues. So uh, we'll go in the same order I just did. Neek, what was your opinion of this episode? I loved it. I mean, after watching it, I I thought, like, how could anyone not love this? Uh, It's such a good mashup of these two shows. It captures the tone of both somehow. And then I went on the Internet and I was like, oh, a lot of people hated it. A lot of people hate Lower Decks for some reason. Um, And that sort of shocks me because I, I just thought it was so I mean, I was about to say flawless. Nothing is flawless, but I thought it was great. It was such a good time. Cool. Yeah, this is this is fandom. There are always people who are going to be pissed off about just about anything you do. Uh, And and 
this episode is no exception, but I've, uh, yeah, I, almost everybody I've talked to has been raving. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Tom, what about you? A lot like me. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, like she said, it does capture the tone of both. Um, I mean, I'm a real big Lower Decks fan. I wanted to see how they were going to get them into Strange New Worlds and not just story-wise, but how the characters would fit. And um, they, they've managed to do it. And I loved all the meta references that they had, like the uh, the talking so slow and so quiet. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of wish that uh, Mr. D. Philippus was here because he'd really uh, appreciate this reference. I do feel that Strange New Worlds is starting to pick up a Quantum Leap Season 5 vibe, and they're getting a lot of... Um, uh drawn, dropping the word now um they're they're, they're stunt casting. The stunt. that stunt casting's not too bad yeah um gimmicks. With, with gimmicks thank you that's it um i still enjoy it and we know that strange new world is not beholden to that awful c word but they are getting some gimmicks i still like it though Cool. Yeah, I I don't know Quantum Leap season five, so I can't uh, I can't comment to that. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. And John, I uh, agree with um, both of you, and I assume all of you. Um, it was it was great. I I don't quite want to use the word flawless either, um, but it was pretty damn close. It was like. It was a seamless interaction and integration of uh, everything that I love about both shows. Expertly achieved. Indeed, indeed. I uh, I was saying this after watching it, and then I watched it again this afternoon, and I, I it just reinforced everything I thought. I I can't remember the last time something lived up to the the expectations as well as this show did as this episode did um because you haven't seen the barbie movie yet but that's another discussion I, we <laughs> we wanted to go last week but it, there wasn't there wasn't a, a, a without going in the middle of the night everything was sold out we couldn't get it get two seats on, together or that weren't in the very front row uh, on the next we were gonna episode go, of Cosmic potato well, I also I played hooky mm -hmm. from work today so that we could try to go, but my wife is sick. She's got this terrible cough right now, so we couldn't I'm go. Sorry. But I, we want to. It's not for lack of trying. Um, but yeah, it I just it was. Yeah, you're right. Almost flawless. You know, I don't I don't think anything really fell flat. Eh, maybe the Pelia conversation uh, was a little, but. But even that, I mean, it, it just it just wasn't as funny as the rest of the, the episode. I thought they they really nailed the humor without going into stupid, which is something Star Trek kind of does when they're let's do a goofy episode. And then they just kind of they don't always do funny. Well, they just kind of do cringy. Oh, OK, uh, but this was just great from the get go. And I love the fact that uh, and I don't know if this was an anticipation or it just it was just serendipity but you know that that uh beckett and boimler they were they're drawn fairly close to what jack quaid and and tony newsom look like so it wasn't a huge stretch 
to believe that they were their characters. Uh, so, and I, I wonder if that was a, you know, maybe just in case we ever need them to be live action, let's draw them kind of close to what they really look like. Yeah. Uh, I wondered about that too, because they were so good at personifying their animated counterparts. I was like, were there, were the cartoons based off of them? Go ahead, John, you were going to say something. Um, I was going to say, um, I don't know if the actors know if the images were based off of the way they actually look, but often that is the case. Like when, if you're an animating, you know, and uh, you're, you're animating the actor, you, you know, not that I'm an animator, but I, you know, I've watched a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, and I watched the Ready Room after this, and I know that uh, Jack Quaid said that he watched like all the lower decks episodes to try to get boimless movement down. So, so mm -hmm. it, he was, he was life imitating art in art as opposed to uh, the animators capturing how he normally moves. Okay. I, I sort of assumed that, that he, you know, was mimicking the way the character was, is animated. Mm -hmm. And I mean, boy, did he nail it. He, he nailed it was it. fantastic. And yet somehow it wasn't over the top. Like it wasn't too much for a live action show. It was just genuinely hilarious. Like the part where he walks away from number one was just so well done. Mm -hmm. And now I don't remember which, I know it wasn't me. I don't remember which one of us, I don't know if it was one of you guys or if it was, if it, I think it might've been Chris who predicted, it may have been Scott too, because this is, this would certainly be, uh, in character for Scott predicted that the show would, this episode would start animated and then, and end animated and that they would, we would see the low, the, the strange new worlds cast animated as well. Cause that's exactly what they did. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I it, it was brilliant. I loved it. Did you all watch the intro? I, we almost didn't cause I always hit that skip intro and then, you know, you see like the last 20 seconds of it. I was like, wait a minute, that's animated. And we went back and watched it. Oh, I, I had been warned They're like, <laughs> as much as I was trying to avoid spoilers, I saw plenty of stuff on Facebook, people saying, you know, don't skip the intro. So I'm like, okay, I won't. <laughs> and my was... wife and I nearly fell off the couch laughing when the nacelle sucker was on. Yes, the that was fantastic. <laughs> well, it was beautifully done animation too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, picked up a lot of those intro scenes. I mean, just. Pixel by pixel, it was great. Well, I would imagine because that intro is digitally created, it was probably just a matter of putting a new skin over it. It was probably That's not true. that difficult. Mm -hmm. Or it uh, was completely redone, and I'm co totally wrong about that. I have no idea. I, I did watch it. I didn't. I I didn't know ahead of time that they were going to do that, but I suspected that they would because why wouldn't they? That would that would be the the right thing to do. <laughs> and they did it and the koala was there so <laughs> yes the koala um, was always there how did we how did we feel about the conceit about the the portal throwing them into into the uh the strange new world's universe i mean uh, the way i interpret that is like you know we as viewers are seeing lower decks animated but they're not actually living in a dimension where things are animated <laughs> they're all in the same universe and it's mm -hmm. just 
you know, you just have to suspend your disbelief and get a bit meta with it and just understand that the way those characters are perceiving things is they're all in the same world. Yeah, I, the, uh, not post credit scene, the, the epilogue scene where the Strange New Worlds uh, crew is animated was a nice, provided a nice explanation as to why they all saw each other that way, but they didn't need it at all. But it was, no, agree. It was a great cherry on top. Yeah. Yeah, I liked, I thought the, the having a portal was, you know, like they said, it's, they even said pretty much straight up, this is a Star Trek trope, another portal. Mm. Oh, here we go again. And then, yeah. and then they did it and it was, it was great. And it was the MacGuffin for the show. And it, it was a good one. You know, it did not stretch credulity too much. And I, I love the Orions. The, the, I like mm-hmm. that they just painted a dude green instead of putting that whole yeah. facial prosthetic on. <laughs> I loved that. Uh, and and uh, you guys mentioned this on the, referring to the last episode, where, um, you know, there's a whole lot of buildup and then they solve it in the last few minutes. I love that, uh, you know, there's this whole plot of Uhura needs to relax and, she needs to learn how to let her hair down. And once she did, oh, she gets the key and she figures it out. And it just said, this is a time machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Because I like I, that I, too. I, I honestly, it's not annoying, but it, it is a trope that I don't love where, you know, on Star Trek, they're like, okay, there's this, there's this crazy plan and no one's ever done it before. But I have a hunch that if we do this, we could try it and maybe it'll work. And it always works. Yeah. Or, or, you know, 95% of the time it works. Like, it shouldn't always work. Sometimes it should just say, this is a portal, and you die. Well, yeah. Okay, no, no I agree. That's one of the great things about Stargate, actually, is, like, a lot of the time you would see them working through various possible solutions and then failing mm-hmm. and then eventually hitting on the right thing. All and viable like solutions. It. And it's not it's not like they're yeah. making poor decisions. They're just like, okay, they're well, trying things because that's what mm-hmm. real life is, is trying things. So I agree. I like it when Star Trek does that, when it also has them, you know, shooting different darts at the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm-hmm. And so, I, yeah, I love that all of Uhura's efforts were sort of for naught. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I loved uh, Ortega's line when when Uhura was like, you're a genius. And Ortega goes, yes, I am. What am I a genius what? for this time? <laughs> yeah. What in particular? I have used that line many times myself. <laughs> so, but, but, but the, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to switch tracks a little bit. So I'll sure. let you, uh, well, okay. I was just, I just, I liked, you know, we've, we've complained about Ortega's a lot. And I really enjoyed that moment with her and Uhura and, and Boimler. Um, or was that Mariner? That it was Mariner. It was Mariner. Mariner, yeah. Yeah. That was the weird thing. I didn't notice until the second time through. I didn't realize it is that they're separate for a lot of the episode. Mm. Mariner doesn't come in until halfway through the episode, um, which was another interesting way to do this differently. Instead of, you know, Kirk and Spock going everywhere together, we had them mm. split up for a little while. Um, I just, that that moment was really nice. And I loved Erica's uh, delivery. The you know, um, What's her name? Michelle? Um, anyway, oh, oh, no, it's Melissa, Melissa. Yeah. Uh, just that, you know, the, uh, kind of showing that she wears that arrogance is sort of like a, a mask 
Mm-hmm. And so she she let it slip just a little bit. Yes, I am brilliant. Why? <laughs> what did I do? It, it was just it was a very real moment and I enjoyed it. So as much as this was a comedy episode, it was not a throwaway episode. So I liked that it still had significant story beats, most significantly the relationship between Spock and Chapel. Mm-hmm. And so to have it was a thought brilliant to have an outsider come in and observe that and be like, whoa, something is wrong here. And so that confrontation, I don't know if confrontation is the right word because Boimler didn't think of it as a confrontation, but the conversation between Boimler and Chapel in the turbo lift and just like seeing Chapel's heart break when she yes. realizes, oh, this is not going to last because history records something very different for Spock. I thought that was really interesting. It was, it was another hint that this whole situation is going to end tragically. And like, we know it has to because we know what happens, but I'm really enjoying those breadcrumbs, those incremental hints of what's to come. I thought that was really well done. For me, it was, it was, I mean, yeah, we know it's not going to last, but for her, it wasn't even so much, this is a temporary thing. It's, oh, I'm breaking him. He's not supposed to be this way. And I'm ruining this person who's going to be this legendary. Like I could ruin, I could mess up a lot. This relationship mm-hmm. is bad for history. <laughs> Yeah. I hadn't that's thought just, of that I, perspective, but yeah, that's like, a real good point. That to me, that's what I saw when she was hearing him. It was like, he's not supposed to be this way. He's because the, the Spock I know is, is like this and like this, and like this, and he's, you know, I think I broke him. I think I broke him. Just like, no, I broke him. Yeah. Well, and it really adds a counterpoint with uh, last week's episode where uh, she and Spock were discussing. He's trying to, you know, kind of put a label on their relationship and she's like no no let's just see how it goes let's you know be you know live in the now enjoy what we're doing right now and this kind of went smacked in the face that you know she can't just go with the flow on this uh, relationship that it definitely has an expiration date i also loved how utterly clueless Boimler was to she kept saying you know shut up shut up shut up shut up and he just kept going and going and going and it was so Boimler (laughs) Boimler. I and I don't know if if I'm the only one who who saw it this way but later uh when he and Spock were trying to create the isotope or whatever um it seemed to me like the Spock version of yeah, you made my girlfriend sad. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite a yeah. threat, but we need to have a talk. Yeah, and, and it was it was it was great because it, the situation perfectly enveloped uh, the conversation, and it was kind of a threat, but not really. It might blow your arm off. I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Should I run? Yeah, yeah. And That'd be a good I, idea. Man, the fact that Spock <laughs> just walks off first <laughs> without saying anything until Boimler asks. That was so great. So great. And 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 
you know, shout out again to Frakes for directing this like a uh, Lower Decks episode, like the camera angles and the, 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 the framing of everything was great. Well, the scene, and, and I think you put this in your, in your kneecap, Nick, was when they, they like Spock and Boimler are leaning yeah. away from the pillar. And... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. And, and all the actors, all the Strange New Worlds actors did great with the comedy. It, 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 and that's part of why it worked so well. It just, it felt seamless. They all just fell right into it. No problem. Yeah. Like La'an first thing, one of the first things she says to him is don't make any attachments here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, a... Go ahead, Hi, Tom. Uh, I was going to say, I, I liked um, Pike's reactions and he acknowledged one that could have been maybe a little bit of um, vanity the you know maybe my future's not so bad and it came up again with the you know you're you know captain pike you're known for your diplomacy and your uh forgiveness and your wonderful hair and you know he got a little look on his face and, and then the halloween uh costume so you know he he played that uh that uh really well i thought mm-hmm one thing about Pike, and I this I really wish Scott was here for this part of it, is he wasn't wearing the fleet captain insignia in this episode. So I it was, I it was temporary, but it'll likely come back. Yeah, I think I think it'll be back next episode. I think this this episode really doesn't I mean it does. I, I thought and uh I'll finish the sentence. Um I'm bouncing around here, I'm trying to get um what you said earlier, Nick, about this not being a throwaway episode. Cause the first time through it, I was like, okay, this, you know, he's not wearing the thing. It doesn't really, it's just sort of a, a side episode. It doesn't necessarily have to plug into what's happening in the season, but you're right. It does because of the chapel and Spock thing. Um, and, and Pike coming, you know, coming more to terms with his future uh, and Boimler being, I, I, I another thing I loved, and this is one of the problems when the episode's good. All we go that part was so cool. <laughs> um, when Boimler had that mo- that kind of uncharacteristic moment of wisdom, right, where he he talks Pike out of his self his self pity about his father. <laughs> uh, you know that 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 has re- that'll have ramifications too. I would yeah, it, it was a legitimately powerful moment for yeah. Pike to realize like, wait a second for a lot of these people, I'm the guy that they want to have that extra time with. Like, like I'm a role model. I'm significant, but not in an arrogant way. Not in a, like, I'm so great. Just as like, Oh wow. These people actually want to spend time with me. That's one of the reasons to me, you know, you said uncharacteristically wise. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't feel like it was uncharacteristic. That's, that's why Lower Decks works. It's because these characters are well developed enough to be silly, but also be real in a sense. They're developed characters. So yeah. I didn't. It wasn't out of character at all for Bornler to say something like that because they do a lot of times in the show have clarity and insight mm. while while silly things are happening. Yeah. And and I didn't want that. I, I, let me just clarify. I was not saying that it was a it was a, a wrong moment. It was just you don't usually get that sort of thing from Boimler. But it, it worked perfectly yeah. in that scene. Or at least it's easy to overlook that those moments from Boimler because of the, mm-hmm. the way the rest of 
lower deck to set up. It, you know, much more of plastic, you know, uh, silly. So, but it does feel authentic coming from Boimler because we we often see him being admiring of other people. Yeah, yeah. All right, Tom. I got a question for you um, because I meant to look this up and forgot to. Uh, okay. They the they were talking a lot about Setlick two. I know that Setlick three was something in in another episode or movie, but I can't for the life of me remember where. Do you have any idea? Uh, wasn't Setlick three a massacre or a, a Cardassian battle site that O'Brien uh, fought in? Was I don't that's, know. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I remember it, the name did stick out to me. Um, okay. I, and I didn't, I, I meant to like turn on the, like my subtitle so I could see how to spell the planet name. And then I just, I was having so much fun watching the episode. I forgot to do that. <laughs> um, one other thing this episode showed me and corrected me on something on a mistake that I have been making either verbally or at least in my head through a lot of this season, I thought the saddle was in Pike's quarters. So I was always puzzled why so many people were doing their work in Pike's quarters. Right. No, it's the conference room. Yeah. So that makes mm-hmm. a lot more sense that people are doing their, their work yeah. in there. Um, also, and John, you probably, you, you saw this on the ready room. Uh, uh, when, when Boimler sat on the, on the, the saddle and said, Riker, that was an ad lib and it totally killed Frakes. <laughs> <laughs> I presumed that whoever got introduced first was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even write uh, it down. I like I knew that one was out. <laughs> Rick, I'm gonna interject as the Scott referred to me as the producer last week. Uh I have looked it up and yes, that look three was uh the site of a battle known as the Setlick Three Massacre. Uh, o- O'Brien fought in it uh, in the Federation Cardassian War. Oh. Excellent! You are now uh, you are now promoted to chief librarian of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the scene between Mariner and Uhura. Uh, I like that we've we've been focusing on Uhura now for two episodes in a row. Uh, not not exclusively like the last episode, but you know we're getting a good chunk of Uhura, uh, and I really enjoyed the back and forth between Mariner and Neota about you know Uhura going, stop dumping all this shit on me. I can't handle it. I'm 22. I haven't done shit yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Mariner's like, but I still uh, I adore you. I love you. But you need to learn to lighten up. And then she does her Mariner magic and, you know, takes her to the bar and, and wonderful things happen. Uh, one of the things about this episode is all of the interactions are so fluid and so natural, even though you've got these two characters that, that are, you know, the fish out of, you know, classic fish out of water thing. Um, how, how did y'all feel about Uhura and Mariner's interactions? Well, like I said in, in my recap, you know, it was very meta. Mariner's very much being, you know, the proxy for the audience in that moment, saying, 
you know, we see you, we appreciate you, you matter, and you had a huge impact on us. Um, being staying like in universe now, like, <laughs> I mean, they made a lot of jokes about it this episode about how Boimler and Mariner, you know, as much as they're not meant to be influencing the timeline, they very much are. <laughs> And so it's inappropriate for Mariner to, to go to someone and say, you're so important. You know, I mean, but I mean, Boimler did that too. They were constantly running around. They, sh they should not have been allowed to, to walk around the ship freely. I guess, <laughs> I guess that would be my, my one nitpick. I mean, but that's not exclusive to this episode. Any time travel episode is like that. Like, if a time traveler comes along, they should just be sedated and kept in like basis <laughs> or something. They shouldn't be allowed to just wander around influencing things. So, but it was, you know, but it was, but that scene was nice. It was heartfelt and just an acknowledgement of what Uhura means and how important she is, even though she's not or was never allowed to be part of, you know, the main triad in, in TOS. And I think as much as, yes, you're right, that uh, they sure did have a plenty of opportunity to disrupt the timeline and and uh, change history. Both Boimler and uh, Mariner, their, their uh, changes, I guess you could say, that they made to Pike and with Uhura, ultimately came down to no, not having any future knowledge, just you know, being that outside observer and being able to point out something, the, hey, your crew wants to be able to spend time with you, Captain, or, or have that opportunity to, to get to know you and you them. And with Uhura, the, you know, you gotta take your eyes off of it for a moment and, you know, let things percolate in your brain or, or whatever it's going to take. But you, you gotta, you know, have have that downtime as well as, as working hard got to have your balance. Yes, she probably shouldn't have said all the, you know, oh, you're so awesome! <laughs> One thing I was really... I, I Well, John, did you want to chime in on any of that? No, I was I was going to um, kind of reiterate what uh, Nick said earlier about um, the characters in this episode being stand-ins for the audience. You know, because they're fans. They're fans of these characters. They're not characters to them, but they're fans of these characters. Um, the same way the audience is like, oh, I love it. I love when you did this thing and I heard about this thing. And oh, I actually can't talk about this because you're not supposed to know about this. But, uh, which is exactly and and it was it was a nice touch that um toward the end the uh the Enterprise crew if if we went back to Archer's Enterprise, we'd be doing the same thing. Because yeah. they would. It's 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 that it was um that was good perspective. And and finally having the recognition for enterprise. So yeah. I think the neat cap pointed that out. So. Well, any mention of Hoshi always, you know, gets me right in the feels. I loved Hoshi. I, I wish Linda Park, well, seeing her in, in the moon show in strange new world uh, in uh, for all mankind uh, as one of the reporters on, on TV mm -hmm. was really cool. Uh, she should, she should be in everything. She should be working constantly. <laughs> 
I haven't gotten to that one yet. I, so. I don't remember because I thought it was her. Uh, you know, I was like, that is that? But I again, I didn't stop the episode to look it up. And then I think I think maybe it was one of y'all. I don't remember who pointed it's out. Probably it was. Chris. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's. I'm just going to guess that. Yeah, was Chris. He, you noticed <laughs> Linda Park in something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um. I, <laughs> again, when when the episode is really good, sometimes there's not a whole lot to talk about other than just, you know, that was cool. Well, I can um I'm going to uh rewind a little bit to the last episode cuz I wasn't on it. I think this is the last episode with um with Kirk on it, right? That was the last mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that final scene when they're in the bar together and the camera pulls back and it just keeps pulling back and I was like okay where are they going with this and they didn't really go anywhere they just kind of kept pulling back unless I missed something I thought the point of that long shot that long tracking shot would and eventually they would get outside the doors of the bar and you would see La'an uh, about to go in and change her mind and walk away. Hmm. That's what I thought they were going to do. I thought they were just showing off their gigantic <laughs> I mean, I guess they were, but I was like... I mean, but I guess we're supposed point, to just take in, the, take in the power of the moment of the three of these characters being together yeah, for the first time. I think I'm like, it was okay, but... meant to just be like, oh, these are our legacy characters and they're all together and isn't that great? I mean, yeah, but... Not after they aren't in the shot anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. And and you know, that would have been a good tie-in because Kirk did say to Laon after their little awkward exactly. moment in the hallway, you st- I st- you still owe me a you drink. Still owe me a drink. So yeah. I, that's why I thought they were gonna end with her about to go in and like no, I can't. But that was another thing I liked about um those old scientists is that we did have that little moment of Lon, you know, she was telling Boimler, don't make attachments. Mm-hmm. But that they're acknowledging that she went through this. And so they're yeah. not just sweeping it under the rug. You know, they're, this is going to continue being a part of her character. And I'm assuming there will be more interactions with Kirk or, or at least something more will happen with her where this is informing her journey going forward. Yeah, because that's, you know, we have no canonical idea if there was ever anything between her and Kirk. Although the the only the only thing that would make me a little leery about them doing it is Kirk really didn't seem to recognize the name Noonien Singh when they found Khan. Yeah. Although you know Kirk, yeah. love him and leave him. <laughs> even if they do get together, doesn't mean it'll stick in his brain, right? What was your name again? Hey, I I did someone <laughs> with your name. Oh. <laughs> do you have a cousin? Oh. Um. One one thing, and, and, and to, I hmm? go ahead. I was gonna say, and to address your question, Tom, I think he was just visiting <laughs> because it would it would have been a dick move to like be oh. the only other ship right there and not visit your brother. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I, I should say, <laughs> I think he was just visiting, but also they've established that he's super ambitious. And hey, let me just see what the Enterprise is like in case I might want to run her someday. I'm sure networking. 
Yeah, yes. networking yes. the opportunity. I'm checking you. Measuring for drapes. <laughs> <laughs> well, also at this time, the Constitution class is the pinnacle of Starfleet technology. So true. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'll have to admit also when I said that you know he's right there in the same system, it it be kind of a jerk not to go visit. At the time, I remember thinking, wait a minute, I probably made several visits home and didn't go and see Scott. So. <laughs> But it's all fine now. Yeah. yeah we, got, we got enough of the, the, the sibling stuff in the last episode. Yeah. And to answer um, your question, Nick, yes, it is. <laughs> and it, and I'm, I'm not, I don't have a, I have a, I have a good relationship with my brothers, but it, it's, it is, there is something about those relationships where it's, it's it's like a rubber band. You just get pulled back into your previous dynamic, even if it's not necessarily a bad one. Like there's always kind of echoes, unless you like consciously avoid it. Like you'll just you'll just slip into old habits because that's you know that's what you know. That's how you've been. Yeah. Personally, anyway, I can't speak for everyone. I guess. No, I, I, I will. My my brother and I we 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 get along great. You know we're we're both past middle age now and a lot of the a lot of the old rivalries and stuff are are gone but yeah sometimes like i a couple of years ago he he said he was gonna it was before the lockdown uh and he was gonna be in town and uh and i was like he's like can we go out you know and, or no he was he was oh, i forget anyway i was i basically said you know i i need some warning because of you know i've got an autistic kid and you know we can't just go out and do stuff he got so pissed and it took me a while to talk him down and say look it's not that i don't want to see you it's just that i can't just drop everything and go because my wife's work schedule and blah blah you know blah blah blah. eventually talked him down but it didn't even occur to me that what i said to him was anything that would cause a problem until it was a big problem you know and it wouldn't have been a problem to anybody else, but yeah, you know, siblings yeah. are like, and you know, it's it's cool <laughs> now, but, but yeah. Something I was embarrassed that I didn't catch until, and I keep forgetting, is that the guy who voices Ransom is Rebecca Romaine's husband. Yeah, that's why he uh, nope. points out the posters like, "Ooh, yeah. best looking first officer." Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Well, and I I forgot too, so I was just like, oh, that's ransom being being a creep, and then and then I kept yeah. I saw tons of people going, that ah, was, and I forget the answer, the actor's name, but like they're married, Jerry O'Connell, Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, O'Connell. Jerry yeah. O'Connell. Yeah. and I've seen them on stage together, and I've seen interviews with them, and there's no excuse for me forgetting that, other than my <laughs> brain is full of Swiss cheese. I didn't even forget; I just didn't make the connection. <laughs> I knew exactly who it was. Like, oh, it was ransom. <laughs> no. I didn't forget. I just didn't care. <laughs> and I loved Rutherford. Rutherford and Tendi are my favorite, totally platonic ship in any Star Trek series. When they just get so excited about tachyons, I'm just like, yes, you guys go. <laughs> I it, will be so first... upset if they ever hook up because I love the dynamic of them totally being disinterested in each other, but absolutely in love in every other way. 
Was this the first mention of Hororium? Yes. As, well, as far as I know, I'm, yeah. The the unobtainium of the Star Trek universe. <laughs> <laughs> so, do we think there's going to be any mention of what went on here, and when when Lower Decks comes back? I think they yeah. deserve a visit from Temporal Investigations. <laughs> I well, accidentally saw a commercial. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, I know, I know. I had to wash my eyes with soap. What? And they, 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 and and there is a scene where um, Mariner says something like, "You know that, that thing with Pike, Pike we're not thing we're not allowed about. to talk about." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it may it may just be that. I don't know if there's anything more than that. But do we know when Lower Decks is coming back? September twenty seventh, something like that. Feels right. Yeah, late late September. They they put a date out. I don't recall off exactly when. It, hang on, let me look it up. Since our listeners might be interested in that, let me see. Or librarian, find that. Yeah. <laughs> so you're already <laughs> typing. I was checking on the Heronium though. Oh, okay. Heronium. Yeah, unobtainium. <laughs> oh, this I one one line i don't know if y'all caught it the first time through i didn't catch it till my, till my second watch when they're when they're putting the floor piece back in and Kelly is bitching about them hmm? september 7th september 7th okay september 7th okay um and demoted <laughs> <laughs> they're putting the floor piece back in and and Pelly is bitching about that's my floor i have to use that and, I, and spock says something like i assure you you are not the only person to walk across this <laughs> It is illogical to assume you. And it was one. it was just such a throwaway line. It was like off in the distance. I love that kind of humor when like somebody's off screen and says something, and it just sort of floats in from from beyond. And that was that was brilliant. Uh, something I caught um, on uh, my third watch of the episode. They uh, right when Boimler wakes up on the Enterprise and. Uh, Captain Pike starts talking to him, and you know they refer to Ensign and Boimler. And when did he identify himself? Well, they they found his com badge, and so it has his information on it. Oh, I missed that. Well, his ID was there. Like, like they can, you can. I mean, I assume like in modern military, you can tell someone's rank by their uniform, right? Or no. Well, well it's, I mean, it's, it's clearly a Starfleet uniform, and it's not too hard to extrapolate that one pip means ensign. But yeah, but I mean, did they I they established in Discovery that the 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 insignia is like a dog tag; it has your name on it oh. and your rank. Oh, right, yeah, that's right. So, that's why she had to fought too hard to get it back from. Yeah, you know, and so you know, I would, and so even though they never said this in TNG or onwards, I would assume that the com badge, you know, you turn it over, it has your name and rank. If found, so drop that's why it they had, and that's why they had that whole conversation about like you know, oh, it's also a communicator, and they're like, what? But you know, flipping it open is the best part. I love that part. <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines too. <laughs> I, I was I like very sad when I had to give up my flip phone. I, <laughs> I really loved. It. You can get another one. They make them again. I don't yeah. want to have to text that way ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, at this at this point, you probably could. Just, I mean, you can just use your phone like a communicator. You could literally flip it open, hit uh, talk to text, mm-hmm. <laughs> speak into your phone, and send a message. I remember being a kid, uh, and 
our first cordless phone and walking around i was and just having it in my back pocket and the phone would ring and i'd pull it out and be like don't say kirk here how <laughs> 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 <That> bold <laughs> all of that tracks yeah <laughs> So aside from just reciting every line about how about how awesome the show is, does anyone have anything else they'd like to uh, bring up before we bring this to a close? It... All right, it oh, might be oh, a little animated. Detailed. Animated Pike's hair wasn't big enough. That's the only <laughs> one I have. Yes, good point. Um, when they're on the planet, they run into the Orions. Boimler's trying to convince them. You know, hey, I know. I've got a friend who's an Orion. Um, um, he says I did laugh. Her, I did laugh when he said one of my best friends is Orion. I'm like, yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. That's the word. Oh shit! That mouth. didn't even dawn on me. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's it's true and it works on every level. So it's okay. <laughs> well, in this case, sorry, I meant Mariner when she said the the. Pirate name that Tendy went by in the air the quotes. I princess of uh, the Winter the, Stars or something, something yeah. like that. The Orion captain was like that name. How do you know that? And then they quickly jumped to the great grandmother's name. And I wondered, is there more to that? Did he just get yes. distracted? Was there a scene that they cut or a line? Not a scene, but I, oh. I think they deliberately left it vague because I because we know that. It's a very well-respected title, right? And that because I I can't remember which episode of Lower Decks, but mm-hmm. you know when Tendi's interacting with her family, we know that that title means something. And so I think they just like it was like I don't know if, it, if it's just an Easter egg or if it's almost like foreshadowing to something else that's going to come in Tendi's story. But yeah, I I think you're you're right, Tom. That the the Orion reacted as though oh that's a big deal because it is a big deal yeah yeah I thought that was a th- that was like you said that was a throwback to that episode where where they go to Orion and uh, and Mariner is pretending to be Tendy's servant or whatever and does a really bad job of it and but everybody's a f- bowing to Tendy and then she goes full pirate later on in the episode and it was just like so badass. Um, that's what I, I I could remember if they had ever mentioned that specific title or not in that episode, but I assumed it was it was kind of a callback to that. I guess her family is more important than even we thought from that. Yeah, I didn't think about this until you asked that time. Were you were you inferring, implying? I'm not sure in this context uh, that there was something going on between the great grandmother and the captain. No. I just, it seemed abrupt. He he was very interested in that title and then all of a sudden dropped it by, oh, wait, I've got a crew member on my ship with the, you know, with that name, Tendi. And the abrupt change there made me wonder, like, based on his, his uh, reaction to the title and then the abrupt uh, change of subject, was it was there something else that we missed? Was there a line that they cut? They decide not to go down that title anymore, or, mm. or I, I, you know, was it just oh, 
something distracted him. What, what, well, what I got from that was, you know, remember at this point in time, no, uh, humans don't know squat about Orions. They don't even recognize their ships. Hmm. And for a human to mention something, you know, it would, it would be like, uh, you know, like drawing your family crest. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, coming up with some, some really important, but obscure, nobody else would know this, but us piece of information. It's it's like uh, in Avengers when uh, Star Lord says, "What am I supposed to say, Jesus?" And that's when Tony Stark recognizes that he's from Earth. So, you know, a, a cultural uh, yes. cultural comment there. Wow, words are hard today. One other thing, real quick, I want to I want to bring up. I meant to mention it earlier. Um, another one of those throwaway lines in this episode that I think was interesting. Um, when Spock and Boimler are having their conversation in the lab, uh, Spock says something along the lines of my experiment in, in human humor has not been as successful as I wanted it to be or something. He's, do you think that's really what he's doing or was he trying to go? No, 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 I'm not being emotional. I'm doing an experiment. I think, I guess, both. It would be very efficient for him to do both at once. True. And a lot of his his humor and, and like, the grin just kind of, he goes from dead face to, eh, and then it's yeah. gone again. It's like, it's creepy. <laughs> he doesn't know how to do it yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. But as Mission Log pointed out many, many years ago, anytime Spock smiles, things do not go well. <laughs> <laughs> and while, again, uh, I view the idea of adherence, to, it's not even that I have a problem with canon. It's the, the adherence to canon, I feel, is often causes a lot of problems, I guess I should say, that shouldn't necessarily be problems. But uh, I do recognize, or at least hopefully, that this episode works toward um, aligning some other episodes of Trek that is quote-unquote established canon that might have seemed, okay, well, this doesn't fit with that, and that doesn't fit with that, but this can... Maybe not completely, but this can explain toward a lot of it, I think. Well, he smiled here. He doesn't smile there. Well, okay, well, he can smile. Sometimes he smiles. He smiled, but it's weird, but he does, and he tries to keep it under wraps. Okay, well, now he's, yeah, I just, yeah. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I I, I didn't have a problem. I just thought it was funny. To me, it sounded like he was going, no, 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 no. I'm, it's an experiment. <laughs> Yeah, that's the ticket. Well, but it, it is an experiment, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he is testing it out. And I guess, I guess my question would be, is he doing it for Chapel or for himself? Or, and is there even a difference? I'm, I'm getting kind of shades of, of uh, the, the data's experiment with dating. Hmm. 
Although, you know, Spock does have emotion, whereas Data truly didn't. Although, well, <laughs> that that you could you could argue whether he did or not. But, you know, in, in some instances, especially that when, uh, you know, when it ended, he's like, all right, I'll delete the program. <laughs> and he was like, that was. Yeah. yeah. I envy you, dude. <laughs> oh, you know, here's the thing. Um, again, unrelated to this episode, because like you said, like we all agree, it's great. It's great. Watch the episode. Watch it again. <laughs> I, I know you've watched it. Watch it again. Um, uh, shout out to Neek and Moonshow. So here's Moonshow. a question from um, episodes past. We all, you know, the the episode with the planet of forgetfulness, and we all like made forgetfulness jokes, but no one like answered really the question if you had the opportunity to, you know be blissfully ignorant of the trauma of your past would anybody take it Hmm. that's a tough one yeah blame neek (laughs) (laughs) oh did oh did you ask that question i'm I'm, oh i must know but but it's it is i don't remember to to use the to use the events of the episode to as like a jumping off point for our own personal experiences and mm-hmm. so for me the answer is no i would not choose to forget about my traumatic past but i say that with full acknowledgement that you know the traumas i've experienced are not that bad i guess mm-hmm. like well, I mean, I'm uh, saying trauma, but just, you know, I mean. No, I know what you mean. How, how, I, I, how I know what you're saying. You? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I struggle to answer this question without going into like a, a Rick style monologue about, you know, <laughs> happened and then this happened and then this, that's why this, like, and I don't want to. I'll cut it all out later, but, but the three of us will know. <laughs> and that, and that means something. Yeah, so basically, I'm not willing to reveal the things I am referring to. Roger that. So I'll just say (laughs) that, uh, no, I would not uh, erase knowledge of them. Because at the very least, the knowledge of what happened informs your behavior going forward. So it's like, you know, people who, who have that disease where they can't feel pain. Well, it, this is a very bad thing because then they get into situations where they injure themselves and don't realize it. Or I, I remember I, I read once a, an article about a woman who had a, a traumatic brain injury and it shut off the part of her brain that sensed fear. And so she got into all sorts of terrible situations because she was no longer afraid of other people. And, you know, a lot of the times, especially as a woman, we're afraid of men for a reason. And so she got into situations that were very bad because she was no longer afraid of these sketchy men. Mm-hmm. And so my past experiences tell me where I should stand when I take public transportation. And they, they tell me what I should do, should and shouldn't do in certain situations. So for that reason, it would be a very bad idea to erase that knowledge. Yeah, same here. I won't go into a monologue, I promise. <laughs> because actually there there are things that I don't want that I, I won't talk about without a lot of booze. Um mm-hmm. I you know, on the on the one hand, I would love to forget a lot of the shit that happened. I would love to not 
lay awake at night replaying some of the stuff or uh but on the other hand yeah that the, the lessons from what happened make me who i am today and stop me from doing that shit again and i you know if i were to just kind of wipe it all clear probably you know go down that same road again and and you know that's that would not be good so you know i at, at the risk of quoting that movie i need my pain <laughs> mm. Same. <laughs> <laughs> and we do all need our pain at the very least because I don't know if y'all have noticed, but people who have not experienced some degree of hardship are kind of garbage people because they haven't learned empathy. I thought you were going to say lack empathy, but sure, garbage people works, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they lack empathy, and so they're garbage people. They're just, they're insensitive. They're, you know, I, I guess you know at best they're rude and at worst they're they're hurtful they're harmful they're selfish and you know perhaps not clinically narcissistic but uh yeah cruel i guess i'll say or they're very young i mean i i agree you know beyond a certain point some you know the garbage people exist but you know i deal with a lot of very young people who just haven't been through stuff yet yeah and they're, you know, my, my, I call my daughter out on it gently, often, when she's like, mm-hmm. if I if I was there, I'd have done this. I'm like, honey, you don't. Yeah, know right. You yeah. Do. You really don't know until you're there. And but so all that it's to hindsight. Say, that, yeah. Yeah, that's why it's important to to abuse children. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you can find me on Captain Game Show. <laughs> Trivia Boy Play Podcast of the Infant Potato Alliance Network. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, John, you John, I'm you just gonna play that on a question, loop. <laughs> uh, Tom stole my answer, okay? <laughs> but no, I, I, yeah, for all the reasons because I, I did, I mean, yes, obviously, I thought about it before I asked. Um, and it is tempting, um, but. You know, as even the episode showed us, it doesn't really resolve your problems. It doesn't like like you said, like the the like the people who can't feel pain or who, you know, don't feel fear. It's not like that takes the danger away. You're just ill prepared for the danger. Um, so you know, if you expand danger to be the context of living in this society or whatever society you're in you, like me not remembering you know i'm just it, I, to me it i might be more again blissfully ignorant but you know the other way to call that is naive and vulnerable and i would rather have the and and uh I will also echo your statement, Neek, that my hardships, by comparison, haven't been that hard. At least, uh, you know, it's hard to compare what happened to you to what happens to other people. Um, But I know of things that have happened to other people that are nowhere 
that are way worse than what's happened to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I don't. Maybe if my road had been harder, it, I would have a different answer. But, you know, the, you know, all in all, hashtag blessed. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I'll take it. At, at, uh, pardon me for for going down platitude road here, but I just I just I'm so glad that you your your road has not been harder than it could have been. But just because other people have it harder doesn't make your your travails less. No, important. no, I, I, and, and, and I'm I, not saying you it wasn't. Were. It wasn't. I wasn't saying that to compare myself to other people so much as I don't have any huge scars that. I would wish washed away. But if my scars were deeper or harder, maybe I would. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it, was, and, and it wasn't so much my, my, my stuff wasn't as bad as others. It was my stuff wasn't that bad to me. Yeah. Okay. I, I just, I was, I, it was less about, about what you were saying and where I just thought, I don't want something that has, it, it goes around on, on a Facebook a lot. Uh, is, you know, people going, you know, yeah, I've got trauma, but my trauma is nowhere near as bad as somebody else's. So I'm just going to ignore mine. Um, and I, I just wanted oh, to, yeah. you know, tell people, you know, you do, that's, that, that's not healthy. <laughs> it's like, Agreed. That, that is, that but is it's not also healthy. not healthy to wallow in your trauma True. and like, and to exaggerate it and exacerbate it and to be like, and to use it as a means of getting attention or whatever. So it's, yeah. you know, it's, there's like a spectrum between, from like you know denial to like i don't know over exaggeration and let's you know you got to keep things in balance i guess yeah yeah so nick where can folks find you (laughs) (laughs) you can find me at superanemic.com where i post weekly recaps of star trek episodes And and On Moon Show. Moon Show. Show. For All all Mankind podcast on this very network. (laughs) And Tom? Uh, You can find me reading the kneecap online at (laughs) supernemic.com. You can also find me here on that Star Trek podcast and occasionally on Cosmic Potato. Cool. And you can find me here uh, on that Star Trek podcast. You can also find me on Moon Show. Uh, Moon Show. And Moon Show. Uh, occasionally on Captain Game Show. And hopefully very soon on my brand new news show, the Geekly World News. Once we get a logo. Fair. <laughs> and I need to get some ties. Anyway, folks, have a wonderful rest of whatever time period you're in. Next time, we will be talking about... Oh, you know what? I, uh, I should put the, tell you folks, um, Paramount is being weird. We had thought that they would skip a week since they released this episode early, but they're not. So episode eight will be airing this week on at the normal time. Uh, and that one is called Under the Cloak of War. Dun, dun, dun. And it looks like it's going to have something to do with aliens. I was about to say more than John wants to hear. So <laughs> stop myself. Appreciate that. No problem. Uh, so until then, 
we will be trying to become more three-dimensional and realistic and we will be back next time so take care and bye-bye space show thank you for joining us for this episode of that star trek podcast you can contact us on facebook and twitter or you can send us an email at thatstartrekpodcast at gmail.com. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. Be sure to join us again next time on That Star Trek Podcast, 